Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, Kadarius Tony. first and foremost, I don't know how he got into Florida after you're going to hear what he had to say about the officiating last week, and he tried to give the game away to the Chiefs this week. Stephen A. Smith is questioning Steph Curry's leadership. Man, scrubs with a mic. That's what we should call Stephen A. Smith, just a scrub with a mic. Hey, don't forget, we got NFL recap. My Indiana Hoosiers, my ass, and then postgame was even worse. Don't at me starts right now, and I'm on one. So, good morning and a happy Monday. Kadarius Tony is the guy that lined up a little offsides. And, of course, there isn't an NFL guy alive. Actually, there probably aren't five human beings alive that say, well, my bad. Nah, I screwed it up. Nah, you know what? I, I, I messed that up. And you know Kadarius Tony, who was such a pain in the ass after being a first-round pick, for the Giants that he had to get traded for nothing. And then he came over. It was all right with the Chiefs. Of course, he goes off sides the other night and yesterday drops a pass, and which results in an interception because that's what guys like Kadarius Tony do. It's just what they do. But he is still hot. He's still hot about what happened last week. Let's show you a little of Kadarius and what he has to say. Now, ah, whether it was an inch, two inches, whatever, in front of the ball, the ref got a job. To let me know. Yeah, you got to let me know. Referee don't have no job to let you know. He didn't make no effort. This guy got into a college. You watch the video. He didn't make no effort to say anything about no alignment. This guy got into Florida. So apparently he wanted to do that regardless. But like I said, we're just going back to the details and just make sure we fine print everything. Okay, Kadarius. Yeah, it's the ref's fault. It's them damn refs' fault. Them damn refs, they screw me all the time. Hey, let's move it along here. I'll go to another one here. Stephen A. Smith calls out Steve Kerr. Yeah, that's right. Stephen A. Smith is not happy. Who gives a rat's ass whether Stephen A. Smith is happy or not? Stephen A. Smith is not happy about the leadership of Steph Curry. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Stephen A. Smith until ESPN got all woke and decided we need an African-American face, had been fired from every job. I remember driving into my show, and when he replaced, oh, man, my man, I forget his name, out of D.C. I love the guy. I'm like, this is awful. And then eventually Stephen A. Smith got fired from that job, and I'm like, thank God we can get somebody in here. Well, Stephen A. Smith, because ESPN decided, oh, my God, diversity hire. They hire Stephen A. Smith, and to Stephen A. Smith's credit, he has taken off and ran with it. Good for him. He's done a great job. He's easy to work with by all accounts. His producer ran a porn store. That's true. Uh, had a porn company. But I digress. I don't know if she still is the producer. But one night, 
when everybody got snowed in, I was just having a drink with a couple of guys and she was sitting there and they started talking about her porn company and I was intrigued. Anyway, <laughs> true story. Next thing you know, Stephen A. Smith played at Winston-Salem. He averaged no points. Smokey Gaines, legendary head coach, had to kick him off because he was such a pain in the ass. But yet somehow, someway, Stephen A. Smith can attack. That's right. He can attack Steph Curry. Now, look, uh, I'm not mad at the premise I'm not mad at the premise of, look, Golden State Warriors, why don't you do something with Draymond Green? But I am not happy with Stephen A. Smith being the guy. Here's what Smith said. Where's the leadership? Where's he at? What kind of impact is having? That is Stephen A. Is he having? That's Stephen A. Smith on Steph Curry. Well, see, this is what you don't do. You don't respond back if you're Steve Curry because that is what Stephen A. Smith is dying to have. I told you the story, Eastern Conference Finals, Pacers and the Heat. I think it was. He's walking around trying to look important, and guys are laughing at him because they know he doesn't know jack shit about basketball. So Steph, uh, Steve Kerr jumps back. Has anyone, for anyone to question Steph Curry's leadership, for, is actually kind of sickening. Saw some of that yesterday. Disgusting. We're talking about one of the finest human beings that I've ever been around, but that's the climate we live in. We're going to question Steve Curry's leadership. Really? You're going to do that? Think about that. Think about that. And Curry's not wrong. Look, Stephen A. Smith is a gutless wonder. Stephen A. Smith doesn't have nothing. I mean, he don't have nothing. He's got no basketball chops. You hear him talking basketball on TV. He doesn't know nothing. I mean, he may know something compared to Chimmy O, whatever the hell her name is, or whatever the hell Doris Burke. They may know something compared to those two, but he don't know nothing when it comes to real basketball. He's a fraud. He's a talker. He doesn't know a damn thing. But anyway, Steve Kerr jumped right into it, and that ain't good. We're asking. Steve Kerr said, or excuse me, according to Stephen A. Smith, Steve Kerr didn't mention me by name. I'll mention Steve Kerr by name. Disgusted with him. Oh, good. Be disgusted. No one is questioning Steph Curry as a leader. What we said was, if that was LeBron James, we would have said, where are you? Stephen A. Smith's response, no, we wouldn't have. No. I, we would have with regards to somebody other than Draymond Green. I think we all feel like Draymond Green is an idiot unto his own. Now, I fault the organization. I don't felt, felt, uh, fault Steph Curry. Like, I fault the organization. I fault Kerr. I fault Kerr, and I fault Golden State. So here's Smith. We're asking Steph Curry, where are you on this? Because you're such a great leader, because you're such a phenomenal leader, because you're the closest thing to perfection that I think most of us has ever seen in a professional athlete. Talking about the impact that you've seemingly been unable to have on a teammate who loves and reveres you like Draymond Green, but Steve Kerr twisted. No, he didn't. No, no, he really didn't. He didn't twist anything. Stephen A. Smith was an idiot. Stephen A. Smith was over his skis. Stephen A. Smith doesn't know jack shit about being a basketball player, basketball coach, or leadership. He doesn't know any of it. He's great talking, great yelling, great at drawing an audience, I suppose. I guess that's what they tell me. But he knows nothing about what he's talking about in this instance because this is no chance, Stephen A. Smith, that Steph Curry could handle this. This is the organization. Draymond Green is bigger than the organization. His problems are bigger. It's like people think Michael Jordan handled Dennis Rodman, not even close. The coach handled Dennis Rodman. The ownership handled Dennis Rodman. The general manager and the league handled Dennis Rodman. And I'm tired of the whole thing. I'll tell you what else I'm tired of. 
I am tired of Indiana basketball losing. I've had enough. Now, look, they're 2-0 and in the Big Ten, and really, frankly, that's what matters. Is Indiana basketball – I don't know. Is Indiana basketball a tournament team? I wanted an Indiana guy in there. I wanted Steve Alford because I understood that Steve Alford would win there. Indiana coaches would flock to him. His family is committed to Indiana basketball. Matt Painter has ingrained himself into Indiana basketball as the Purdue head coach. The AAU coaches love Matt Painter. They want their kids to play for Matt Painter. Nobody knows Mike Woodson. In fact, Mike Woodson calls recruits by the wrong name from Kokomo, Indiana, that end up going to Kansas. Mike Woodson doesn't know half the names of the players on his own team. Mike Woodson is about cigars, red wine. I told you this last year. Red wine, saunas, steaks, living the life as a head coach at Indiana. Not about grinding it out. So this picture surfaced after the game against Kansas where they lost. Now, to you, up now my friend Eddie White, who probably isn't my friend anymore, but I don't care. He's on the right smoking a stogie because Eddie's a great dude. He's a name dropper and all that kind of stuff. But he apparently is in some kind of man cave after the game, just chilling everybody, a little red wine, a little smoke. I guarantee you that looks like Quinn Buckner back there. And what's Quinn doing? He's just talking. See, Indiana basketball is no different from any other school. Indiana basketball used to be different. People used to say, damn, I can't believe how hard you guys work. Not the players, the coaches. How hard the coaches work, how much we put into it. But Indiana, Indiana basketball, guess what? This is it. We're just chilling. A year ago, I got crushed. A year ago, I got destroyed by all the little blogger boys who don't know jack shit about Indiana basketball. Because I told you that Indiana, that's what Indiana's about. Yay! Oh, he dunked. Yeah, all the little white guys in the front. Yay! He's going to dunk. Yay! Look at us. We dunked. Yay! It's disgusting. And then when it comes to nut cutting time, Indiana basketball loses, but but they played really well for 35 minutes. I told you they were going to win at home. You don't lose at home in that game if you're any good. You don't lose to Kansas. I don't give a damn if Kansas is the number one team in the world. All these frauds. This guy here is supposed to be a first-round draft choice. Yeah, my ass. You can't criticize 18 to 23-year-old. Let me explain something to you. Mike Woodson has made deals with these idiots named the Hoosier Hysterics to embarrass our program. And then after we get our ass beat, guess what happens? We chill, yo. We chill. Look at these guys. This guy on the right, uh, he got his ass kicked by the guy. Look at the determination of the guy wearing number one and the guy Dickinson. Can you show that picture again of sitting around, chilling, having some red wine? You know what I'm saying? Look at this picture. That's after a game. Indiana, uh, Purdue website. Well, Doc Itch, are you supposed to crawl in a black hole? Yeah, you're damn right you are. You're damn right. You're supposed to be throwing things. Indiana's not supposed to be like Purdue. Purdue, my ass. Purdue can't win nothing. Purdue can't lead blind turkeys to take a dump. Purdue can't do shit. Rutgers, Cincinnati, Memphis. That's what Indiana, look at this mess, right? Oh, let's get some red. Get, get some red in here and get some smokes. Bring Eddie in here. Let's take some pictures. Are you nuts? Everybody would have been fired. And I spelled this out to Indiana basketball. No, don't get your just bitter. Oh, shut up. I could care less. 
but I'm just tired of seeing a program I gave my sack to. I gave these nuts to. And next thing you know, looking like this. Look at that crowd. You know, Indiana, Mike Woodson, Indiana's the shit. No, Indiana is the shits. Takes the shits until you win something. Look at these idiots on the bench. The whole crew of these three assistant coaches wouldn't know a basketball if it was blown up or stuff. It's just, oh, yeah, they got guys with the long hair. They got all the stuff. Guys with the knee braces. We got the T-shirts. We got the hair in our braids. We got the barrettes. We got the yellow. And we, what we don't have is players. Real players. Players that can go out and win a freaking game. Players that can go out and compete, not just say, well, you know, we tried really hard. This kid here, Galloway, got his head out of his ass, got away from the girls' dorms, and started balling a little bit today. He should be a first-team All-American. But he said after the game, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my teammates. Really? You got your ass kicked at home. You're up 13 in the second half, and you didn't have a chance to win the game. Well, the referees screwed us. Shut up. The referees respect who's playing well. You didn't play well. You got your ass beat. The converse to that was Purdue. Purdue goes in, and Purdue kicks the crap out of Arizona, the former number one team in the country. Big crowd in Indy, sold-out crowd in Indy. What does Purdue do? Purdue does what Purdue does, apparently, now. What Indiana used to do. What's that? Go win. Go win big games. Best players playing, uh, by the way, two Indiana kids. While you saw number 21 in white there for Indiana, I don't know where he's from. I know Kansas didn't want him. I know Duke didn't want him. But Indiana, he's our savior. The kid, the skinny kid, number one, is a kid named Ware. USC or Oregon or wherever the hell he was didn't want him, but we take him and he's our savior. You know what Purdue did? Purdue went right up the street, Westfield, Indiana, ah, about an hour from West Lafayette and got that kid right there. Braden Smith. Last year, Braden Smith was soft. He was a great player, all Big Ten, but somehow, some way, he had to have his lead. Zach Eady answered questions for him. This year, Braden Smith leads. And the other kid, Fletcher Lawyers from Indiana, too. Both of them had over 20. Now, you can say Eady runs the ship, and he does. He's a player of the year. But that kid right there, Westfield, Indiana. Look at a guy guarding me. I got my cute hair. Purdue's got one of the cute hair guys. Transfer from Southern Illinois, but he's a Southern Illinois guy. He's not a big-time guy. Smith's a big-time guy. Lawyer's a big-time guy. Edie's a big-time guy. Those are big-time guys. And every night when it gets tough, they play. Not once in a while like Trey Galloway or whoever the hell else is on Indiana. Indiana's giving me gas. And when I get gas, things get stanky. All right, the NFL yesterday, I know you wanted it. I know you had to have it. I know you need it. Let's talk NFL. All right, first and foremost, how about the Colts just beating the crap out of the Pittsburgh Steelers Saturday night? Now, let me say this again. The Colts beat the crap out of them. They ran the ball, lined it up, ran it again, lined it up, ran it again, lined it up, and ran it again. Now, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, uh... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Horrible news I just got, you Indiana fans. I just got this Eric Montrose. Oh, man, Eric Montrose, former center for North Carolina, passed away last night. Took a turn for the worst, 
passed away peacefully last evening, according to my friend Bobby Kaiser. Man, that is the saddest of news. My thoughts go to Montrose family, Mr. and Mrs. Montrose. Oh, my gosh. Eric was a great player. We wanted him desperately at Indiana, but he made a good move. He went to North Carolina, had a magnificent career, and was always, always, always a class kid. Just a class, class kid. This comes from my friend Bobby Kaiser, and I trusted implicitly. Bobby and Eric were friends. Bobby and Eric went to the same high school together. Oh, my God. Thoughts and prayers. That's all you can do. Montrose family. Hmm. Where was I? Nah, I don't. And the NFL. Mm. NFL. Here's the deal. Kyler Murray is the worst throwing quarterback in America. But before I get to that, I'm going to stay with the Colts. The Colts physically beat up. Physically beat up the Steelers. See, it says lifeless Steelers, and they're right. Steelers had nothing. And I would argue this. A lot of people are saying this. If we get Ryan Burr on this week, he'll tell you. He's the number one Steeler fan. Grew up in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin is becoming Belichick without Big Ben. He is. Mike Tomlin is becoming like, ah. And people are starting to see it. Yes, I know he's got the beard and the hat. And he's been a really good coach with Big Ben. Belichick, really good coach with who? Oh, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Hall of Famer. Guess what? Not so good. And the Colts, for the first time ever, I mean ever in my world of paying attention, just smacked the living hell. I mean the living hell out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they did it in the running game, and they did it with Trey Sermon, who looked really good. I mean, you saw yesterday, if you want a broader picture, if you really want a broader picture, you saw yesterday why NFL running backs aren't valued. Because the Colts were down. Zach Moss hurt. We know Jonathan Taylor's out. So Trey Sermon comes in, who was really good, I thought, at Ohio State. 17 carries, 88 yards. 11 carries, 69 yards for some guy named Tyler Goodson. Now, I'm going to ask you a question because I don't know the answer. Where'd Tyler Goodson go to college? I'll hang up and listen. He went to Iowa. And you know what? Speaking of Iowa and that guy, Trubisky, Iowa, golden black, bad offense. Pittsburgh Steelers, golden black, bad offense. You probably had Purdue in there, golden black, bad offense. I'm telling you, the Pittsburgh Steelers eventually, and I don't know why they did it, because I needed 30 yards from Trubisky to hit an over on passing yards, but they ended up benching Trubisky after an interception. It was almost like this. Look, enough. Enough Trubisky. We've had enough. That's it. That's all. We've had enough. Somebody, anybody else get in there. But now the question becomes, Mike Tomlin, now, he's never had a losing season. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. Is he going to be on the Belichick without Brady Watts? A lot of us are saying, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. Uh, I don't care. So good for the Colts. Congratulations to the Colts. And the Jaguars lost. Next thing you know, the Colts are sitting there tied for first, and it's awesome. Speaking of the Jaguars, did anybody see the play at the end of the half 
where Trevor Lawrence, this supposedly uh, new age, next in line to, to Elway, Manning, and all these other guys. Anybody see what he did at the end of the half, throwing a swing pass, trying to be clever? He's not very smart, and it killed the Jaguars. Two missed field goals. Uh, Lawrence driving the ball, fumbling the ball, and then at the end of the half, not even getting a chance at the end zone when they had 13 seconds, plenty of time, take a shot, get another shot, kick a field goal. Woo, Trevor Lawrence, baby. I don't know. If you're going to be in the sphere, in the area of Elway, Manning, Brady, you're supposed to be in that sphere. I, I don't see it. I thought he was getting better, but I don't see it. Uh, other way, let's go positive. I'm voting for Lamar. I'm voting for Lamar. I'm, I'm speechless at how hard it is to play against Lamar Jackson. Those of you that know me know that I love Lamar Jackson. Those of you that have listened to this show know that I have an unhealthy affinity for Lamar Jackson. It waned a bit last year. I will be perfectly honest with that. It did. It waned. And you know what? I'm back. I don't know about you, but if you watch that game last night, trying to catch Lamar Jackson was damn near impossible. This dude, even with a spy, as they kept pointing out, they couldn't get him. And then, and this is the good part of it, then on the run after he goes that way and that way and that way and back this way and that, firing bullets to people. I mean, bullets. No, no, no. You say whatever you like. You go whatever direction you want. But I'm giving Lamar Jackson after last night my MVP vote, and mine's the only one that really matters. Nah, don't even at me with all these other guys. These other guys don't matter. Lamar Jackson, MVP, that's what matters, period. Now, my guys, uh, let me get back to Kyler Murray. So I'm minding my own business. I'm watching the game. Myself and Lee and Tegan, we go grab a bite. Game's on. Kyler Murray. And I don't have any audio, which I like. Because audio screws you up. Like somebody will tell you something in audio, and it sometimes gaslights you. It goes against what your eyes are telling you, what your eyes are seeing. So we had no audio as we sat in this restaurant. It was a nice evening, sat outside, had a fish, and the game was on. And here's what I saw Kyler Murray do. Miss wide open receivers, miss wide open receivers, miss wide open receivers, and, oh, by the way, Say it with me, miss wide open receiver. Miss wide open receivers, period. That's what he did. Miss him. Bad. Now, look, we all know if you're going to play in the NBA or NFL, you got to do what? You got to throw guys open. You got to throw it in a teacup. If you put it here, it's bad. If you put it here, it's good. It's that close. But I got to tell you, man, that dude, you can have. You can have Kyler Murray today, tomorrow, the next day. I've had enough of Kyler Murray. I mean, I've had too much of Kyler Murray. A little is too much. And I've had a little. By the way, Ricky Williams is going to join us. We're going to talk Texas football. We're also going to talk the devaluing of a running back because, well, frankly, running backs should be devalued. 
I mean, when Trey Sermon just went out and did what he did last night, you know what? That's pretty good. No, it's really good. All right, next. Sean Payton went off on Russell Wilson for a reason that I really didn't understand. Usually I understand why a coach goes off on a quarterback or a point guard or a wide receiver. I didn't understand. I thought Wilson had just set up a really nice drive. Got the ball down the field, and I think they scored. But, man, Sean Payton lost his ever-loving mind on him. I don't think it's a meltdown. I think that's an over-exaggeration. I think that's just coaching. But I didn't understand what he was doing with it. But I will tell you this. You remember how I told you Indiana basketball should beat Kansas? Remember how I told you that it's just one of those games in Assembly Hall where Indiana's just going to win? That's what Ford Field was yesterday. Watching that game, Lee's like, wow. Tough, huh? I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? The play or the crowd? Because the crowd is nuts. Absolutely right. I mean, absolutely right. Look, that was whether Sean Payton wanted to yell, scream, teach, cajole, rip, whatever. That was one of those games yesterday where you just weren't beating them. And that's what I was trying to tell you about Indiana against Kansas. Or sometimes you go to Mackey. Or sometimes you go to Cameron Indoor, or you go to the Swamp, or you go to the uh, Big House. Sometimes you're not winning in those plays. You're just not. And that was what I saw yesterday. I saw yesterday the Detroit Lions, their fans, and everybody involved just playing, balling, pushing forward, period. Hey, how about the Bengals? So this guy, Jake Browning, had been cut twice by the Minnesota Vikings. Been cut twice. They're down. They're kind of left for dead. And then all of a sudden, Browning, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, overtime, field goal, 27-24, and Jake Browning is screaming on the sideline, you shouldn't have cut me. He said after that the cut by the Minnesota Vikings was the deepest. He felt like he had done everything that he could do to make that team. He felt like he did everything he could do to become the starting quarterback. That's what he felt like. And look, people only give Michael Jordan credit for having a chip on their shoulder. They do. Like when I come back at somebody on Twitter, well, you're so sensitive. No, I got a chip on my shoulder all the time. No, 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 no. No. Uh-uh. Ain't doing it. Man, that was good. Hey, Tommy DeVito, my ass. And let me explain why. There's a little pizza place in New York, New Jersey, that DeVito and Barkley were going to. And the people there, it's a mom and pop shop. It's a little bomb and pop shop that they were paying. They literally paid DeVito $10,000 to come every week and hang out. Listen to this. $10,000. He's Italian. It's a big deal. Blah, 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 blah. All right? Listen to this. So then DeVito and his agent, the guy that we all like, guess what? He wanted $20,000. He and his agent are doubling the fee, at least according to the media. I'm reading it here. I read it this morning at NewJersey.com. They doubled the fee to $20,000. The owner, Nino Caligio, said, hey, Tommy DeVito will not be at Caligio's this Thursday as originally planned. After last week's win, listen to this. Listen to this. We received word from his agent that his appearance fee would be doubled from 10000 
to 20,000. We're a small family run business and decided 20K a little steep, a little steep. Whew. You know what? The guy ripped him too. The guy ripped him. He said, sorry about the loss, but we're Italian too. And we don't like when someone says one thing and does another. How about that? Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. It's a shame that the restaurant promoted that they would have Tommy when they didn't have a signed contract. We didn't raise the price because nothing was ever agreed to. Okay. All right. Okay. That is total crap. Now, now I ain't rooting for Tommy freaking DeVito. Used to. Not anymore. That's crapola. You know that's crapola. I know that's crapola. And you know what we don't like? We don't need crapola in our life. Tommy D, baby. You could have been a contender. You could have been a hero. Show up. Speaking of showing up, Joe Flacco. Wow. How about Joe Flacco off his back foot? Woo. Hitting that Joku guy, that David Joku down the sideline on a play that only veteran quarterbacks could make. Woo, man. How about Baker Mayfield? First quarterback ever to come into Lambeau. Come into Lambeau. Now think about it, it's December now and have a perfect quarterback rating. No one's ever done it. There have been some pretty good quarterbacks come into Lambeau. Hey, all you racists, Ryan Clarks, and all you ESPN racists, here's the deal. Got to crush your soul, don't it? This got to crush you, right? Dak Prescott got his ass beat by Josh Allen. I mean, that's got to crush your racist ass, Ryan Clark. That has got to absolutely crush you. I mean, your soul, deep down, has to be splintered. All you racist jackasses on ESPN that hate the white guy. Can't stand that Josh Allen was getting pubbed. Right? You hate that. You like that? You like that? No, you hate it. Well, I got to tell you, it's what happened. I talked about the Ravens already. I mean, you can say whatever you'd like. But give me the MVP to Lamar Jackson, period. Lamar Jackson, after his performance last night, I mean, how do you guard the guy? And it wasn't only running around. It was him finding receivers. Hey, Ricky Williams, he's going to join us when we come up. We're going to talk about Texas in the college football playoff, what he sees out of running backs. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome back. I screwed it up. Ricky Williams coming up at 1030. Where's Anthony Gargano? I, I think I can read, but apparently I'm not good at it. I used to be. Serious business. I used to be able to read. And now I can no longer read. But anyway... Back to Kyler Murray for a second. You know, remember when they said that he needed to study more? He needs to pass more. Man, is he bad. I was shocked by that. I was. 
I was absolutely stunned. Hey, we talked a little bit about college hoops, and it was a really good college hoops, but I want to ask you all, do you care? You know, it's fascinating. I did not care. I've always cared about college hoops. I didn't watch the Indiana game. I was golfing at the greatest golf course I ever played at Calusa Pines, and we were following it because everybody there were Indiana fans. But I really didn't give a rat's ass. I didn't. I wish I did, but I didn't. I didn't care. But Indiana had a 13-point lead, and they lose it, 75-71. And this was the scene in whatever this locker room is. Take a look here. I talked about it a little bit earlier. But to recap, just for all of you Indiana fans, I told you this last year, and everybody got mad at me. Mike Woodson hires buddies. Mike Woodson's got guys that are buddies. They smoke cigars after. They go in the sauna. They eat a nice red steak. And they sit around, and they don't develop anybody. Here's the picture. Guy's sitting there. There's Woodson sitting there with his fat ass in a chair, smoking a heater, smoking. They got red wine going. Eddie White, who's a really good guy. He's with the Pacers, shoe salesman guy. I mean, Eddie's there on the right, smoking a stogie. Two guys are talking. I'm sure it's really important what these two guys are. And then some guy's sitting there in his shoes. And everybody just relax after a tough loss. Everybody just relax. Give Woodson another million. I mean, let's just give him another million. Now, people are saying, well, it shouldn't matter. Well, that's crap. That doesn't matter. You're just, no, 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 no. It does. And I, I've said forever what needs to go on with Indiana basketball. And every little blogger, boy, the big lead and everywhere else gets mad at me, but they're all full of crap, and Indiana keeps losing. Said, back in the day, hire an Indiana guy. Hire a human being. Well, Woodson's turned out to be like, he talks in the third person, loses games, but hey, they are 2-0 in the Big Ten, and I'm very happy about that. I want to go to Michigan State. You want to know the difference between Indiana's basketball culture and Tom Izzo's at Michigan State? Tom Izzo's 4-5. and five. Tom Izzo's team looks awful. I mean awful. They got a big one, sixth-ranked Baylor. Scott Drew's team, a lot of people are thinking, a couple got votes for him for number one in the country. I've turned it on. At least I looked at the score. It was 45-17. First time I saw it. You know who was winning? It wasn't Baylor. Tom Izzo, that's culture, ladies and gentlemen. That is complete and utter culture. That's a culture that says, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We got a big game? Let's go. We got a monster? Let's go. No, seriously. It's like last night with the Ravens. All right? We got a big game. We got Lamar Jackson. Let's go. Jacksonville was Indiana. Played well, but when it came to <laughs> cutting time, threw the ball to the other team. Trevor Lawrence fumbled it. Next thing you know, they're throwing a swing pass with 13 seconds. Guy stays in bounds, halfs over, loose points. Man, Lamar Jackson was Purdue. Trevor Lawrence was Indiana. And I ain't happy about it. And, oh, by the way, UConn went out to Seattle and beat the dog. Another double-digit non-conference win for Danny Hurley and the UConn Huskies. All UConn does is play hard. All UConn does is play smart. All UConn does is fight, battle, scratch, and claw. It's pretty good. No, it's really good. Hmm. No. Stupid good. All right, a couple other stories from the weekend. You ready? All right, here's the deal. There's a weird story out of New Mexico. I want you to listen to this. So Jerry Kill, Jerry Kill was a former Minnesota coach. He's a head coach at New Mexico State, and they're playing in the New Mexico Bowl. 
And Jerry Kill says that his team, the Aggies, were denied access to a practice field. He criticized the athletic director of New Mexico, uh, Eddie Nunez, after Saturday's Estelle New Mexico Bowl, saying Nunez attempted to deny the Aggies access to a practice facility in retaliation for what happened early in the year. But you got to listen to this. What happened early in the year was after a game or before the game, I guess, one of New Mexico's players peed during the or before the New Mexico New Mexico State game peed on the logo at New Mexico. So the AD for New Mexico is like, yeah, man, yeah, you ain't getting on our field. We don't need you guys peeing everywhere. We don't need farm animals walking out there lifting a leg like my dog Lula. Who needs that action? I hope the AD here gets the same damn discipline that people around this state that Diego got. Diego was the guy peeing on everything. Diego just decided he got to take a whiz, so might as well do it on the other team's logo because he deserves it. It didn't bother me a damn bit. When he don't let us practice in the indoor facility, when he don't want us to do this and do that, that's chicken blank. That's what our guy said, Jerry Kill. Now, Jerry Kill has overcome strokes and all kind of stuff. I don't care. That's my opinion. If I get in trouble, I don't give a blank either because I can go down to Mexico tomorrow, drink margaritas, and let you all enjoy your life because I'll be enjoying mine. But I got class. I've had class my whole life. Never been treated like that. Hey, man, I got that kind of class. Good for Jerry Kill. Hey, man, why would you want to go to Mexico and drink margaritas? You go to Mexico and drink margaritas, you may end up strung up in the town square with your head cut off. What are you doing? I guess Puerto Vallarta is all right, maybe Cabo, but don't go to Mexico. Certainly don't go to Juarez, Mexico. Are you out of your mind? Maybe it's safe now that all the illegal immigrants from New or from Mexico are coming into the United States. So you circle back behind them and all the crazies are out. And you can go live with the good people. I don't know. Hey, this is weird too. You ready for something weird, but not surprising? Well, maybe this is surprising. There's a G League player named Camancho. His last name is Camancho. He had a cup of coffee for one second, one game in the NBA. Well, you know what this genius decided to do? He decided that he was going to be involved in a murder kidnap plot. Yeah, that's right. G League player in a murder kidnap plot. That's right. Let's go do some murdering. So here's the deal. You ready for it? Chance Comanche is arrested. He is facing murder charges. Comanche and his girlfriend, Sakari Hardman, are facing open murder charges after the death of Morena Rogers in Vegas. Comanche was arrested on first-degree kidnapping warrant and his girlfriend as well. Now they are facing murder charges. This girl, Rogers, remains were found in the desert outside of Vegas. Man, the girl, Hardinen, these are a beautiful couple here. It's really a love story. Uh, claimed Hardinen held and detained Rogers, the dead woman, against her will for the purpose of killing her. Harden faces additional charges because she stole a Rolodex somewhere else. So this idiot who played one minute in the NBA is now looking at life in jail because he and his girlfriend decided to do some killing. The motive for it is unclear as of now. 
man. The NBA, fantastic. That's unfair because that guy isn't an NBA guy, but damn. Hey, did you know you can watch bowl games in theaters? You can watch the college football playoffs in movie theaters. It's kind of interesting. Reason I bring it up is I was driving the other day here and I saw two really nice movie complex places that were cl- closed down, shut down. All right, let's go to some emails. Johnny Buzzard here. Johnny Buzzard says, during your interview with Bruce Pearl last week, he said something that was so simple, but is overlooked by a lot of successful coaches. Oh, overlooked by a lot of unsuccessful coaches. He mentioned he comes on your show for a lot of reasons, but one of that is to give exposure to the Auburn basketball program, keeping it relevant. If he didn't keep their program relevant, he wasn't doing his job. My wife was watching the USC-Auburn game on ESPN midday Sunday, and it hit me, Bruce Pearl. Make sure to schedule USC and Bronny James. That alone gave him another nationally televised game. Auburn is lucky to have Pearl. He wins wherever he goes. Obviously, good basketball coach. He seems much more than that. He does not complicate winning a sign of a great leader. John, you're absolutely right. Look, how do you think Gonzaga got going? Danny Munson, when he was at Gonzaga, and there was a guy before him named Fitzgerald. They started Gonzaga. Mark Few has enhanced it. But what they did was they said, we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And they had the resources to fly and do that. Like, I could say that at Bowling Green, but we couldn't because we couldn't get there. I had very limited resources on travel. But Gonzaga has a lot of money, so that's how Gonzaga got it done. That's how UMass was built under John Calipari. UMass with Calipari would play anybody. Midnight Madness will play. Midnight Game ESPN in. You want us to play on the Ocho? In. They didn't care. They just wanted to play, and that's what they did. So you're exactly right. Now, Bruce Pearl is in football country. Most popular thing about Auburn basketball is what? Charles Barkley from 1984. It's a long time ago. I don't know if you set your watch, but if you set your watch for 1984, even though that book was written by George Orwell, and I read it in 1978, and it seems so long until 1984, that's a lot of years after. That's damn near 40 years. In fact, it is 40 years coming up. I mean, damn. So Pearl's got to get out there, and Pearl's got to sell, sell, sell. Anyway, I'm putting everything back to Indiana basketball today. Woodson doesn't sell, sell, sell. Woodson smokes, scars, ah, and sends two idiots out to recruit. Mike V attended the IU-Kansas game. Watch the replay. Two comments. Dickens, oh, here we go. IU guy crying. Dickinson said so many moving hip checks, and IU should have attacked McCullough more after he picked up his fourth foul with seven minutes left. Yeah, stop with the hip checks. I don't want any moving screen calls. I don't want any of them. Good for him. He's a willing screener. He read the room. Look, for 8,672 years, Indiana basketball has gotten away with illegal screens. You know what I mean? I mean, they have. What can I tell you? So now we can't complain when somebody on another team comes in and sets illegal screens. I guarantee you Woodson had no idea that the McCullers kid, or at least it seemed like, and I did watch the last six minutes, it did. It seemed like he had no idea that the McCullers kid had four fouls. Now, if you know Woodson enough, he don't even know the names of his own players. He didn't know Dane Fife's name. He kept calling Corey, I think is what it was, the big kid from uh, uh, Kokomo that went to Kansas, Kokomo, Indiana, not Kokomo from the show Cocktail, ladies and gentlemen, Kokomo from Kansas. Hey, Dan. This is John uh, Seraglio. 
Hey, Dan, recently started watching the show. Heard you say you're in Naples. Love Southwest Florida. So many great beaches and restaurants. Hope you have a great time while you're down there. Love your interview last week with Bruce Pearl, Dan Ross, and Tyrus. Informative and entertaining guests. Keep up the good work. John, I really appreciate that. Southwest Florida is my jam, yo. We're down here. My mom is coming, my sister, my nieces, my nephews, and we're all going to hang out today. Today and tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but there's a family tradition in our house that we go bowling. Start a family tradition. My brother's still mad at me because my brother got me a, uh, got us a plaque, a family plaque, and I lost it. I did. I'm not happy that I lost it, but I lost it. Don't at me because that's what I do. I lose things. Hey, Dan, I got an email here. How'd the sack attack do yesterday? Man, he was 9-1-1 one, and one early. We ended up about 13-4, and four, something like that. I think that's what we ended up. See, what we do is we win, and then we send it. I, I, anything over 1000 bucks, I put back into my bank account. That's right. All right, a lot of you are complaining. Yesterday during the Pittsburgh Steelers-Colts game, or the other day during the Saturday during the Pittsburgh Steelers-Colts game, a player was kicked out. A player was ejected. He was ejected because of a flying tackle. It was a flying tackle on a flying receiver. Now, I'm not we can't show it to you, but I do got to ask you a question. If you in football lead with your shoulder, if you lead with your shoulder, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Isn't that what the what, you know, I can't help it if some guy takes off diving and I'm running full speed and next thing you know, I'm diving, he's diving. I hit him, he's hit hard, and I get kicked out. DeMonte Casey got kicked out for a play that I thought was crap. Now, I put it out there that I thought was crap. Everybody in the world of Twitter says, well, you got to get this crap out of there. You must care, not care about player safety. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't. Do you? I mean, do you really care about player safety? I, I don't figure that's my job. Look, there's the hit. He led with his shoulder. What's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just let Michael Pittman die for a first down? Or is he supposed to do what he's paid to do, which is hit the guy and stop him from the first down? Here's the problem you have. The problem you have is that everybody watching football is a referee and gets crabby when somebody hits somebody hard. Look at this right here. You tell me, guys diving. I'm coming up. I lead with, do I lead with my helmet? No. Lead with my shoulder. Isn't that what everybody's taught to do? We don't want helmet to helmet hits. See what you're hitting. Now, you can make the argument right here. He's not lunging. He's not launching. He's got his right foot down, and he extends into the tackle. See, I think you all are wrong. I know Michael Pittman, number 11 here, for the Colts went down, and he stayed down, which added to the drama. But I got to tell you, don't tell me you don't care. The guy wrote, you don't care about player safety. Why should I care about player safety? Why is it my job or Gritty's job or Sean's job or Van Pasterman's job to care about player safety? It ain't my job. You know whose job it is? It's the NFL's. 
And if the NFL cared about player safety, they wouldn't add more games. They wouldn't get Saturday instead of Sunday games. They wouldn't have Thursday games where you can't recover. They wouldn't do any of that crap. They wouldn't. But everybody sees somebody get hurt. I'm going to the YouTube chat. Dan, I think there's a difference leading with your shoulder and leaving your feet. Two things you shouldn't leave your feet in when defending. Basketball and football. Well, let me ask you, Sean, how are you supposed to stop that play? So every you're just supposed to let the guy come into you? You're supposed to what? Walk up into him? I, I don't I don't understand it. Like, I don't know what he was supposed to do. And this is a big issue in the NFL. And I'm not saying Sean's wrong. I'm, we're just discussing. But if a guy is diving, I'm just supposed, what am I supposed to let him dive at my thighs, my knees? Ain't my job, Jennifer. It ain't my job. It's a billion dollar league with play. Somebody said, well, we must protect. Hey, look, here's the deal on NFL players. Just understand this. Players know what they signed up for. They do. Players are getting paid monster amount of money. Generational. One year is generational. They know what they signed up for. So a guy leaves his feet to die for a first down. Huh. I'm just supposed to let him. I'm supposed to kind of take all the force with my feet on the ground from a guy diving forward. I don't think so. I don't think so. Dan, how'd that work out for DeMar Hamlin? Okay. How did that work out, Dave? How'd that work out for every other player not named DeMar Hamlin or Daryl Stingley? Daryl Stingley was back in like 73. It worked out fine. DeMar Hanlon worked out fine. DeMar Hanlon's wasn't from the hit. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, everybody points to one guy. Well, there's eight bazillion hits in the NFL with guys coming up and making a hit. How'd it work out for eight bazillion other guys? It worked out fine. Am I wrong? I'm curious about this. So the player, that guy can lunge. Why don't, who said this last week? How about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers protect themselves? How about that? Maybe if they protected themselves, maybe, just maybe, they wouldn't get hurt so much. But you're diving? You're exposed? Huh. All right. Okay. If that's what you're saying, then okay. I would love to sit here and be the Pope. I would love to sit here and say, oh, man, when I wake up on Sunday, my number one concern is the health and safety of NFL players when I watch the NFL. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like when they get hurt. But now a guy gets a sprained ankle, he's down on the ground, and everybody takes their helmet off and takes a knee. And I'm cool with that. Doesn't bother me a bit. And then they run off the field. I've told you this before. You know my stance. I like the Premier League stance. You're down. It's not life-threatening. It's not a neck. It's not a back. Get the cart. Get his ass off the field. We got 80,000 people watching. Now, if it's a neck, if it's a back, if it's a head, no, no. No, 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 no. I mean, we got these big fat guys falling down because they're tired and dehydrated. 
get the cart, get them off the field, and let's not jagass around with this. Get them out, get them out, gone, 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 out. Hey, we talked about this earlier. We broke the story, and now North Carolina has put it out there. Uh, Eric Montrose, center on a national championship team. Eric Montrose, one of the great players in the history of the state of Indiana. Arguably, if you really want to know, one of the biggest disappointments that he did not come to Indiana. Coach Knight tried even to poach him from North Carolina after a disappointing freshman year. I remember we were at Zagreb's. His dad and a bunch of his cronies came down, and Knight was kissing their ass trying to get the guy to transfer. He didn't. He had a great career, and frankly, he made a great move. He represented North Carolina about as well as anybody could represent a school. He was always class. He was a big old guy that was sensitive guy. He was tough. There's a legendary picture of Eric Montrose playing in the Duke, North Carolina game with blood coming down his bald head. He had shaved his head. Blood was coming down. And I got to tell you, Eric Montrose could go in there and go to battle. Eric Montrose died of cancer. Eric Montrose dying is very sad to me because Eric Montrose, I remember him as a kid. I do. North Carolina has come out. He was 53 years old. North Carolina has come out with a statement. And I just hate this. I hate to see this. I hate when young people die. The Big E was a good dude. Not a well, The Big E was a great dude. The Big E was a guy, won state championships, national championships, played for years in the NBA, in the NBA but even more than that. His father, big-time lawyer here in Indy, man, they did a great job raising a fantastic young man. And my heart goes out to Eric Montrose and his family because at 53 years old, man, when you're 53, you want to be enjoying your wife. Maybe you got some kids that are getting older. You treat them like adults. Maybe there's a grandkid on the way. Uh, 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 uh. Man, I hate it. I hate it for Indianapolis. I hate it for Lawrence North High School, North Carolina. But mostly, I just absolutely hate it for his family. It's terrible news that came down today. Uh, Eric's friend had sent us a text. A big uh, Bobby Kaiser had sent us a text, and Eric and and Bob kind of grew up together. We had a player at Indiana named Todd Leary, and uh, Leary played at Indiana. Was Montrose's teammate. Some think that we took Todd because we got to get we wanted to get Montrose. That may or may not have been true. I don't know. But I do know this, that uh, Todd Leary ended up being a heck of a player and Eric Montrose a heck of a man. He was a radio analyst for North Carolina basketball for years and years and years. Man. You think of all the guys out there, the idiot from the G League that's killing people, arrested for murder. You think of all these knucklehead athletes, way, way gone too soon. Only the good die young Billy Joel said it years ago. And it is as true today as it was then. Rest in peace, Eric Montrose. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Did you know this? Uh, we're waiting on Anthony Gargano. He is the voice of Philadelphia, and I love it. I love having him on. You know what we got tonight, right? We got the Eagles tonight, baby. We got the Eagles tonight. We got Jalen Hurts hurt. We got uh, Matt Patricia taking over as a defensive quarterback. But do you know what we had last night? Last night, we had something that had not happened in the NBA since December 1st, 2018. 266 straight games. That is over three straight years if you go 82 games on an NBA season. Listen to this. Uh, Steph Curry didn't hit a three. Steph Curry was 0 for 8 from three. Steph Curry, ladies and gentlemen, scored seven points. Do you know how great you got to defend to score seven points or, or to hold Curry to seven points? Do you have any idea? I'm, I'm staring into the screen, 268 straight games. I want you to think about that. 268. And Steph Curry finally, finally, finally didn't make a three. How about that? Man, that's unbelievable. If Steph, last time Steph Curry didn't make a three, I don't even think we knew what COVID was. I don't think we did. Did we? Did we have any idea what COVID was? I, not in 2018. I mean, I'm guessing the other guys did. Anthony Gargano joins us. We got Philly tonight. So we go to the voice of Philly, baby. The all things Philly. You see him, you know him, you love him. There's a Twitter page right there. Hey, all right. Couple of things with Philly. Where are we at tonight with Jalen Hurts playing or not playing, big boy? play um I'm, I'm pretty sure you know he came down with illness uh so brother i i think knowing him uh knowing what this game means uh, i think he's playing he's not the kind of guy that doesn't play let's put it exactly yeah right yeah I mean, no, he, no he's the guy who plays and he's the guy that could have the jordan flu game yeah, that's kind of what I meant, really. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of guys play, and then they look for the excuse, and they go to the – I don't see him as that guy. I see him as the guy doing exactly what you said. Look, MJ did it. I'm in this league. Let's go. I got to do that kind of thing, right? Yep. Yep. No, no, brother. You're, you're spot on. And uh, that's not what I'd be worried tonight. I'd be worried about the Eagles' defense. Uh, that is the big story here in Philadelphia, is that the change at D.C., and really it's in the play calling, right? So the title's the title. But Matt Patricia is going to call the plays tonight. Sean Desai will be upstairs. And that's been the Eagles' issue. If you look at, you know, even against uh, last week against Dallas, look, the offense fumbled three, three times on plus, on, uh, in plus territory. So they moved the football. It was the defense that couldn't stop the Cowboys. 
and the defense that couldn't stop the Niners and the back seven that's been an issue really all year long. So what do you think, Patricia, if anything, will bring that's different? I, I think they need a different approach. I Listen, I still think their talent is adequate. Now, Darius Slay's going to miss tonight, which is going to thin him out. They've had trouble at slot corner. They lost their slot corner, and that's been an issue. But they got some talent back there. I mean, Sidney Brown is a player. He's a rookie. The kid can play a little bit. I, I think Sean's play calling has been, and they have a great front, as you know. I think Sean's play calling has been a little spotty. I think that's sort of the biggest issue right now. Uh, like, there are times when a DC can mask lack of talent. I, you know, I talk about it all the time, but Steve Spagnuolo, who's a dear friend of mine, Spags has had, uh, you know, did not have a bunch of first round picks and high priced free agents in Kansas City or with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, he was a guy that, you know, you can scheme and they have enough talent and that front should be a lot better, a lot more productive. So I think he's a little predictable in his blitzes and his pressures. I think he needs a little more exotic, like he needs to to, to blitz his defensive backs. So I think, look, he's a first-time D.C., and I think this is the uh, this is where Patricia – who's a really bright guy, maybe he comes in, he's got a different set of eyes and can, can kind of rework things a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. I mean, guys are only one game away in the NFL or in college football from getting their ass demoted, man. I mean, well, you know, we saw it with Matt Canada, who apparently is not the problem in Pittsburgh. The problems run a little deeper than Matt Canada there, but it is interesting. Well, so Trubisky, I mean, I, I defy any OC to move the ball with Trubisky at quarterback. Hey, they got so fed up with him after the interception. They're like, hey, who do we got? We got Gargano. We got Dockets. Let's put in one of those two guys. I don't give a damn, but I'm not going to see Trubisky anymore. So here comes Rudolph. Uh, right? right? Hey, this is the year of the backup quarterback in the NFL. And it's amazing because man, he's just horrible. Like, he just can't do anything. My God. I, We've, I, seen I, Black. I, We've seen, you know, obviously Jake Browning is a great story. Backup quarterbacks, third-string quarterbacks with cutlets, all those guys have done stuff except Trubisky. Hey, our guy Minshew has taken it, and, you know, he's good, he's bad, but they've been winning with him, and now they're 8-6, and six, and you're sitting there going, you're right. Great move by Chris Ballard getting a backup that could – I'm not saying he's great, but he can handle the game. He's not where you got to get his ass out of there every other game. Listen, he is exactly what you want as a, as a backup. God forbid you got to you know break glass. He's a guy that won't hurt you. And look, Shane Steichen, give him a lot of credit because I I like Shane. I think Shane is really bright. We had him in Philly, and uh, great football guy. And I you know listen, I do think the Eagles miss him on offense. And uh, you know they, they go into the season with two young coordinators. You know there's a reason why Steichen got the job. And look what he's done, man. I like that Colts team. They, they, they compete. That was a nice win on Saturday. That's a win that never happens, not since 08. In fact, since I've been in the media, it is an ass-kicking every time. All right, I got to ask you what the fans always say. When you see a coach make a decision with a coordinator or some kind of personnel, oh, my God, we're pushing the panic button. Are we feeling in Philly that it's a panic button? 
Yeah, listen, you know, anything around the football team is going to get exacerbated, right? Anything around the football team is amplified by a thousand because that's how we do it in Philadelphia. And yeah, I think there's a lot of real concern. I think there's a lot of people like when you start off 10 and one and you look that good, you know, I mean, they were, they were like, let's go. We're back to the Super Bowl. So now they're 10 and three and they look mortal. And I, I think there's a lot of panic as to what to, what to expect, but let's face it, brother. I mean, this is a good team. They can still get the number one overall seed. It's still in play. They have Seattle tonight. They have the Giants twice in Arizona. A very winnable stuff. Cowboys still the old Cowboys? The Cowboys are a team that can't win on the road. Like, like they're that team. If they're at home, they're really dangerous, right? Like, you saw their home road splits. Uh, you take them out of Jerry World, I think they lose a little teeth. I think that their offense isn't as scary. It's a lot like Detroit. You know, you look at Detroit, you know, back home, look what they did to Denver. You get them on the road, and they're just they're, – they're not as fast. They're not as scary. I think both those teams are kind of more home teams. The only team I think that really travels in the NFC is San Francisco. I mean, I think they're they're legitimate. They can win no matter where they are. You know, it is amazing. I mean, I get it. You know, Tom Brady, supposedly, you know, once in a lifetime generation. But it is amazing when you look at scouting and the testing and the combine and the analytics and everything that a guy like Brock Purdy can be so good drafted last. I it's it's I get it back 20, 30 years. Okay, fine. But everything has evolved. Anthony, and this dude is, I don't know if he's the MVP. He's close. Yeah, well, he's the favorite. And, you know, I think he should be. And here's the thing. Look, he's got a great coach and he's got great talent around him. But, you know, Brian Baldinger and I do an NFL show called the, uh, all for All City, the All NFL All City podcast that we do daily where it's all about film breakdown. And we break down all the film. And, uh, I mean, the dude stands tall. He makes the right decisions. I, I think what we sometimes overlook, because we're all enamored with the 6'3 guy that can move, right? Like, that's the ultimate guy. 6'3", six, 6'4", six, he can move. And Purdy's 6'1", on a good day, right? And, you know, decent athlete. But what he has is chops. He started 59 games, right, in college football. And, Big games, you know, those big 12 battles. I, I think what we really need now is we need guys that, from, from a scouting standpoint, that have been through the college football wars. I think the game's so close to Saturday for when it comes to principles and offense that give me a quarterback that's played in front of, you know, 100,000 in the big house or played in Georgia or played in, the, in, in at Big 12 territory, Texas. Like, I, I need to see some, and I think that's where, you know, Purdy, we kind of overlooked. You know, what's interesting about Purdy is you look at him. I, I just, I just happened to see this, and I don't know if it makes any difference, but you see him and he's standing next to the guys, and he literally looks like a high school kid 
playing against, you know, or a college, little college kid playing against adult men. And then you watch him and it's like Brady. Brady throws a great football, like Brady threw a great football. And I watch Purdy and he throws a great football and I'm watching Kyler, Kyler, Kyler Murray. And I wouldn't want Kyler Murray on my team today, tomorrow, the next freaking day ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, listen, Murray's a guy who could spin it, but I I don't think that there there's always been something that lacks with him. It's it's weird, you know that you know he's undersized. We know, but he was able to find windows to throw, and he's the you know incredible athlete. But there's something missing. Maybe it's just maturity that you got to go through it, and you you got to you know build those calluses and mature, find out what you really want. You know, you look at some of these quarterbacks that over the years start to grow and start to mature. I mean, look, at we watched last night. Look at Lamar, man. Lamar's decision-making has improved tenfold. Like, he was always an incredible freakish athlete with a ridiculous arm, right, and and could move. But his decision-making has really improved. Like, there, there is something to that as far as a quarterback just able to, to nurture them and to then mature on the field. And I think you're seeing that with, with Lamar. I got Lamar after last night. I'm watching him, and I'm like, all right. I, I have an unhealthy love of Lamar Jackson. I, I didn't really see him in college, but I watch him. I'm like, Jesus, you can't catch him. And now he's running a million times over this, nine seconds or whatever. They showed fire and strikes. I got him as my MVP after last night. I know every week is different. I get it. Who's your MVP? Well, I got to go Purdy. Lamar's right there. I mean, I think it's it. I think at that point, it's between those two, uh, especially without Mark Andrews, right? You know, when, when Lamar lost Mark Andrews, I, I was like, wow, I think the Ravens offense, I'm curious how it's going to do. And they discovered Keith Mitchell, who is an incredible, you know, quick, fast back, uh, although he got hurt last night. And he, Lamar's going to his receivers, right? Like, you know, that's impressive. It's backup tight end. Isaiah Likely has played a, a an unlikely part, right? Like, so that's a team that 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 and that I think it all revolves around him. So I think you're right. Between him and, and Purdy, because <clears throat> you can't ignore Purdy, is that's exactly where it's at. I think Dak kind of falls a little bit after yesterday with Buffalo. Yeah, I used to, I, I, we always used to say about Peyton Manning, there's a guy named Blair White, was a wide receiver out of Michigan State who never played I don't think a minute after he played one half season with Manning and Manning made him like damn near an all pro. And I look at guys that make others better and you're right about Purdy. I think he does. And I absolutely think Lamar does. You you know, the tight end one's out, one's in next thing, you know, guy scores. You got to make others better in that position. And, and that's how I look at it. I think those two absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you're, 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 I think Hertz does too. I, I, I'll give her, I think Hertz does too. They've just struggled a bit. Like, yeah, I mean, and the other thing about them is when you look at the Eagles, having they went through a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, they go Cowboys at Kansas City, Super Bowl rematch, Buffalo at home. Somehow they win all three, right? And then you got to turn around, and then you got San Francisco in an NFC championship game rematch, and then at Dallas, and now at Seattle. I mean, that's a six-game gauntlet. You, I mean, it's unreasonable to think that they would come out of that, you know, four and two, five and one. I mean, you're going to lose games. No, I agree. Uh, last thing, what's the score tonight? Who wins? 
I think the Eagles win. I, I do. I, I think the Eagles will win, and it kind of has that vibe for them. I think they 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 really need it. Uh, I'm, I think the Seattle defense, and remember, they have question mark, too, whether it's Ross or Locke. Right. I mean, uh, Locke or Geno going yeah. tonight. Um, I, I, I do, I, I'm not in love with the Seahawks defense. So I think that'll be the difference. So I'll, I'll give it to the Eagles tonight. All right, my friend. Appreciate you always. Thanks for always coming on. It's a pleasure, brother. Listen, if I don't talk to you, happy holidays, brother. Same Merry to you. Happy, th- happy Christmas, man. Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. Uh, tonight we got Seattle and Philly and you got it. There he is. There's his Twitter page. Get on there and follow content and creator. See, he's a creator. One of the best brains, smartest guys, most fun guys to talk to in Philadelphia and across the country. I got some stock up, stock down. I got to tell you, stock up Purdue basketball. I mean, seriously, let's talk about Purdue basketball. I mean, they got the number one schedule in the country. They played all these tough teams, including an Arizona team that looked like they were going to be the number one team in the country. They play them on a neutral site, but also credit Purdue basketball for selling out Gainbridge Fieldhouse. There was a time, even when Gene Cady had it rolling pretty good, where Purdue could not sell out downtown Indy. Purdue couldn't. Downtown Indy, if you ask the people at Gainbridge, Pacers Entertainment, they always wanted Indiana involved in everything because they knew they were going to sell it out. Well, Purdue sold it out, and they should have. It was a number one game. Now, it was a little hard to find on Peacock. I didn't see a second of it until I went and watched the replay, and I got to tell you, those two sophomore guards are fantastic. They're not kind of good, Lawyer and Smith. They're really good. In fact, here's how confident they got. I saw saw Braden Smith make a driving right. Now, think about this. Between his own legs, right hand, between his own legs, left bounce pass in the lane to Edie. Now you say, well, he's showboat. No, 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 no. That's the quickest way to get it there, and that's two things. One, confident in yourself if you're Braden Smith that you can make the pass. Two, confident that the big dog, no pun intended, the new big dog, Zach Edie was going to go and get it, and he went and got it. Not only did he get it, he got it over and over and over and over and over again. Hey, by the way, we're going to continue with stock up. But did you know, all you OutKick folk, after the first of the year, starting January 3rd, the only place to catch OutKick's original and unfiltered content live will be on OutKick.com. That's right, our own website. Yeah, there you go. Enough of these restrictions. There you go. All you got to do is click watch. And my fat, you know what, will be there. You'll be able to catch up on YouTube. But for all of our live unfiltered content, head to the watch tab on OutKick.com and you won't miss a beat in 2024. OutKick.com slash watch will be your one-stop shop for all things OutKick. That's OutKick.com slash watch. And we're all very good looking. I mean, Kelly in Vegas, very good looking. Dan Dockage, very good looking. Armando, incredibly handsome. And of course, you see Charlie and and Chad and Jonathan. We're just good looking people. Hey, all right. Jake Browning cut from everyone. Remember a few weeks ago, maybe now four or five weeks ago, Josh Dobbs was all the rage. He came over to the Vikings, didn't practice, won a game. And everybody said, man, look, Did you know Josh Dobbs now with the Vikings has been demoted to third string quarterback? You know, you always say, or at least I always say that Jake Browning and others that are backups will guess what? Eventually show you why they're backups. Well, I don't know. 
Is Jake Browning eventually going to show you why he's a backup? Is Jake Browning eventually going to show you why he is a guy that everybody and their mother cut? I mean, I don't know about you, but he's got at 27 years old, he's got some ass to him. I don't know about you, but Jake Browning said they never should have cut me. He started his NFL career with the Vikings in 2019. He got cut. He got cut again. He kept getting cut. Dude can't get cut enough. He's got a chip on his shoulder from that 19 thing because, well, frankly, most people do. He was on the practice squad. He was on the team. He was a backup practice squad. And finally, they cut him August of 21. There's definitely a little extra part to this game. He was honest enough to say because he was playing against the Vikings team that cut him. I remember getting cut there, Minnesota, last time. I just being told, hey, we might have a spot for you on a practice squad. Go to the hotel and wait. So I sat in a hotel for a couple hours, not knowing if I have a job or not. Got a call from my agent. They didn't tell me. I've been there two years. I've been cut my fair share of time, and that was the crappiest one. So good. Completely different coaching staff and everything like that with Minnesota. And I want to emphasize there are some incredibly good people, but that one, that win yesterday felt good. Absolutely. Look, Michael Jordan just doesn't get to be the only guy that gets to have a chip on his shoulder and everybody praises him. I say it all the time. I mean, I come back on people on Twitter because I'm tired of you. Well, you're soft. No, I'm not soft. I was raised to fight back. I was raised to fight for myself. I was raised to have a chip. Served me well. Just saying. Stock up. College football bowl season starts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you ready for this? Here's what I do every day. I'm in Florida, so I go to the Hard Rock Bet app. It's the only one that works. And every day I go see what's on in the afternoon. I know what's on tonight. Philadelphia, the Eagles taking on the Seahawks. I know that. But guess what? 2.30 today. Western Kentucky, Old Dominion. Yeah, that's right. 2.30 today. It's like skipping school. You know that feeling when you were skipping school, you didn't have school, and you're running around the neighborhood at like 11 o'clock in the morning getting everybody together to play basketball or football or baseball or shovel your driveway so you could shoot hoops? Yeah. That's what it's like when there's a bowl game in the afternoon. You don't have to sit and watch. Who cares about sitting and watching? But today we got a bowl game in the afternoon, and the bowl season started out with a big victory by Double D with Ohio University. Don't bet against the Mac and these. I got no idea, but I am with my boys, Nick and Nick, and everybody here saying, bowl season, bowl season. I'm all in on it. I stock down. Look, we got to go stock down the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't mind Mike Tomlin. I've never cared one way or the other. I always thought the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens was the best game to watch in the NFL because it was two really tough teams with two really good coaches. No problem. But I lost respect for Mike Tomlin when he fired Matt Canada. Matt Canada was not the problem, not even close to being the problem in freaking Pittsburgh. The problem was an offense that stinks. The problem is wide receivers that won't block. There's another picture of, of that guy, George Pickens, down the field, could have helped his teammate with a block by the end zone, didn't do it. You get so tired of Devontae, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens not blocking or not playing the play out, don't you? I do. I think it's ridiculous. I think it sucks. 
football is the ultimate team game. Well, you got to block for your teammate. I mean, you got a running back that's running hard. You got guys that are trying to go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, are you serious? And they don't do it. That's the problem. I'm telling you, a diva wide receiver crushes souls. It does. A diva wide receiver crushes your team. Everybody's got to pay attention to him. He wants attention. He's sulking. These guys put their little hoodies on and sit on the bench. And everybody look at me. Pittsburgh Steelers, you suck. Your offense is terrible. Your backup quarterback stinks. Your new offensive coordinator ain't any worse or better than the other one. Should have never fired Matt Canada. Matt Canada's been a loyal dude. You guys suck, and I'm glad you suck. And I'll tell you what, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans are starting to say, you know, you know, uh, without Big Ben, how good is Mike Tomlin? I think it's too early for that. Hey, Arthur Smith. Uh I don't feel like the Atlanta Falcons have ever gotten the coach right since Dan Reeves or maybe Dan Quinn, but they fired Dan Quinn. I'm sitting there. Remember Mike Smith was the quarterback. They always got a guy named Smith. They always got a guy with like the, I don't know, you know, the most basic name. Mike Smith was on hard knocks. And I remember thinking this guy, I wouldn't follow this guy anyway. My buddy Reggie Jones and I talk about who we would follow. And we both said when it came to Mike Smith, I think it was Reggie Jones or maybe it was Fresh Face on my other show. It was like, nah, he's got to go. Hugh Jackson, same thing. But Mike Smith, and now this guy, Arthur Smith, with his cheesy little mustache, I got nothing for him. No, I'm serious. There's nothing there that says, hey, let's go. So what the Falcons do in a rainstorm, they lost to Bryce Young. Game-winning drive, took him down the field, got it to the one, kicked the field goal for the win. Good for Bryce Young. I was actually, that game uh, played out on the red zone, and I was really happy for Bryce Young. You can tell Bryce Young doesn't have it. You can tell Bryce Young isn't a real guy. You can see it. You can see it in his mannerisms. You see it how little he is. You can see how he runs. They made a hell of a mistake hiring Frank Reich and picking Bryce Young. But, hey, look, you got to live with that mistake. But Carolina got the win. Good for them. But, man, that my Arthur Smith, he just sat there and looked like he didn't know his ass from third base. Hey, is this my ass or is this third base? I don't know. Which is which? Huh? Pro tip, it's usually your backside. No, it really is. It's usually your rear end. I'm just saying it usually is. Sometimes it's not. But nine out of ten times. Look, here's the deal. At the end of the day, you got to You got to have the respect and you got to have a persona and you've got to be able to go out and lead people. You just do. You just do. And if you don't, you got no chance. And I'm watching Atlanta and I'm thinking to myself, there is not a chance in holy hell, holy hell that I am following Arthur Smith. Listen to this. Man, the United States military has its lowest numbers since 19, or excuse me, in 80 years. Now, don't you think about that? Its lowest numbers, 80 years. Man, the number of active service members dropped from 3.5 million in 1968 during the draft 
to about 1.3 million in an all voluntary 472,000 army, 319 Navy, 319 air force, 184 Marine Corps, 41,000 for the coast guard. I mean, look, why would you want to join the military when it's so damn woke? There's a video of four African-American girls in the military talking about how they didn't care about any of this. They were just doing it to get some money. Now, I'm sure people always felt that way, but I got to tell you, social media has exasperated that, and that's horrible. Then, of course, the wokeness. Now, uh, guys want to have illegal immigrants fighting in our – might as well. I mean, you get so tired of the whole thing. You get so tired of this administration. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, God dang, just stop. it. But anyway, stock down, man. We need some fighters. We need some soldiers. I'm too old and I'm too chicken. Yeah, I'm good at saying that we should have soldiers, but at 61 years old, no one wants me around. As my wife says, I'm sure there was a day that you could clean house, but this ain't the day. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, in fact, I know she's right, and she's not wrong. Hey, Ricky Williams won the Heisman Trophy. Ricky Williams, ladies and gentlemen, I got to talk to him about Texas. Did you see this about Arch Manning? Malik Murphy, who was the backup quarterback, Arch Manning can't even be the backup. Well, now he is in Texas because Texas and Malik Murphy have parted ways. It is amazing to me. Y'all wanted this. Y'all wanted this NIL and transfer. So here's a kid, backup quarterback, on a team playing for a national championship, playing in the college football playoffs. Guess what he does? He's going to transfer. And everybody says, good for him. All right. I'll always be a part of this team. This was really, yeah, you're a quitter, my opinion, just my opinion, not yours, mine. I get it. You got to get in on the quarterback carousel. You got to do this. You got to do that. Okay. All right. Fine. If that's what you got to do, fine. I mean, I get it. We all say that. We all got to do this and that for ourselves, never for the team. And I'm sick. But how bad is Arch Manning? He couldn't even be second string. I asked a real football guy, a legit football guy, uh, tell me about Arch Manning. He looked at me. Overrated. I don't know. I could tell that. Anyway, Texas is in the college football playoffs. We're going to talk to Ricky Williams, what he thought about Jaden Daniels being the Heisman Trophy winner, favorite game he ever played, and Ricky joins us next. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. In 1998, Ricky Williams won the Heisman Trophy, but he's much bigger than that. Outspoken, great thoughts, but a Texas Longhorn at heart. You're headed there, right? You're going to go watch the Texas Longhorn. About time Texas got in. I mean, damn. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I predicted this, you know, because Texas is leaving the Big 12 and headed to the SEC. And I was there back in 1995, Texas leaving the Southwestern Conference headed to the Big 12, and we won the, the final Southwest Conference title, and we won the first Big 12 title. So I'm seeing Texas is back. I think they're going to – I mean, obviously, they already won the the last – the final – their final Big 12 championship, but I think they're going to come into the SEC on fire. So it's exciting. Hey, Ricky, let me ask you. You did leave a conference. Uh, they're leaving this year, the SEC. Was there to a player – was, was it a big deal or no deal? Or what kind of deal was it actually leaving a conference for another conference? Did it matter to you as a player? It was a big deal because the Southwest Conference had its heyday, but, you know, the early 90s, not so much. And, you know, heading to the Big 12, we got to play Colorado, Nebraska, who were both really good at the time. Uh, Oklahoma, which was a, a big rival for us, became a conference game for us. Um, it was great. Um, it was wonderful. And, and Texas A&M came with us to the Big 12. So it was it was great. It was better competition. It was good for recruiting. And I feel like this move to the SEC is, is going to be very similar. Give me your expectations. Uh, uh, Quinn Ewers and the rest against Michael Penix in Washington. What are you thinking? You know, I, I was feeling good about it until I was at the Heisman Trophy ceremony last week. And I, I flashed back to... Uh, to 2005 when Reggie Bush beat out Vince Young for the Heisman Trophy and the look on Vince's face, you know, and the determination to to prove everyone wrong. And we saw what Vince did against USC uh, in the Rose Bowl. And so I was sitting there at the Heisman Trophy ceremony when when Jaden Daniels was announced the winner. And I saw the look on Michael Pinnock's face. (laughs) And so... I'm not sure. Um, no, I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Washington the Washington team has showed that they can win tight games. They can beat big-time opponents. So it's going to be a great game. But the way Texas has won this year, different than in the past, is they, they win as a team. They win different ways. And there's a, there's a different hero each game. And so uh, I haven't seen a, a talented team like this in, in Texas for a long time. So I'm excited for the game. Yeah, Jaden Daniels was he your Heisman vote? He what? Michael Penix was my was my Heisman. Was he? Vote. Yeah. You, you yep. just you just saying that to appease the Washington crowd, so you know he doesn't have that. No, big it's, chip. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't want to. I don't watch a ton of college football, but a, a few games that I was glued that was glued to the screen this year were both of the Washington Oregon games, um, and especially that first Washington Oregon game, the the last drive of the game when. Michael took the took the Huskies down to score. It was huge. And so for me, you know, it's a good team. It's, you got to show up in those Heisman moments. And I think Jaden Daniels was amazing. He did a lot of amazing things on the field, but but I didn't see the the team kind of success that I, that we saw with Washington. Obviously, isn't it amazing? I mean, I don't know what you know your era of college football, but like nine and three is a bad year. That's like 75% of your games now, right? Like nine and three doesn't get you nothing. 
Yeah. I mean, it was it was like that when I first came into college football. I mean, you know, like I think in the late the late 80s, early 90s, if you didn't if you lost more than one game, you were out of contention for the national championship. Yeah. Um, and so I, we saw a little more a little bit more parity, I think, in the early 2000s. But but I think now it's, it feels like it's getting back to that point where you, you, you can't afford to, to lose more than one game. What's your favorite game that you played in? What's a Texas player of your magnet? What's a favorite game you ever played in at Texas? It was my uh, my freshman year. We went to College Station to play the Aggies, and up up until this point, I think the Aggies had beat us like five straight years in a row. And when I heard the Texas players talk about the Aggies, you know they were all six five, two hundred and fifty, all ran four fours. So I was intimidated, but uh, but we went into College Station and we we beat them and. I went in as a freshman fullback and I, I left with 160 yards rushing and I think I scored both of our touchdowns. So, I, you know, I became a hero after that game uh, and it really launched me to the, to the rest of my career. What was different on campus when you walked around on campus going to class after that game? Well, people recognize me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yes. That, that was the big, they, they kind of heard that there's this freshman fullback on the team, but, but uh, but after beating the Aggies like that, everyone knew who I was. Yeah, right. It becomes it becomes a different deal. Hey, I want to switch real quick uh, to the NFL. We saw yesterday the or Saturday the Colts just played third and fourth string running backs and Rick racked up a ton of yards. A lot of people are saying, well, that's the that's the reason why running backs get undervalued. Do you think running backs being undervalued is a recent thing, or did you feel that when you played in the NFL? I think it's a recent thing. Uh, I think as the game has moved away from from three yards in a cloud of dust, um, and the passing game has really become the centerpiece, and running backs aren't as valuable. You know, in the day in the days where you, people thought, okay, we'll just play good defense and hold the ball, running backs were extremely valuable. But the game the game has changed. And one comment I think late in the season, when the offensive line has been playing together all year. And everyone's kind of tired. It's easier for running backs to have to have more success. Uh, I will say that. Yeah, you know that you're exactly right. The Colts have had their their offensive line, and they just said, "Hey, look, we found a weakness here." How how tired are guys right now in the NFL? How beat up are they? It, it all depends on the record. Oh, <laughs> you know the, the ones that have the, the ones that have more losses than wins. They are really tired and really beat up. The ones that have more wins and losses, they got a little pep in their step. Isn't that amazing? That is everywhere, right? I don't, hey, man, you know, uh, Al Davis, just win, baby, covers a lot of bases, man. He sure does, especially at this point in the season, especially at this point. Yeah. All right, you were with the Dolphins. Uh, yesterday, Dolphins, Tua, and the rest just crushed the Jets. Have you ever been on a team like the Jets where you just show up and you just kind of know you're going to get your ass beat and you do? Thank goodness, no. Okay. You know, the worst, the worst, the worst team I was on. We were three and thirteen. Um, played my rookie year for the Saints, and most of those losses were really close losses. And we we didn't ever have the the feeling that we were going to get beat up. We get we did get beat up, but we never went into a game expecting it. That was uh, all right. I'm not gonna lie. The whole thing with you and Ditka was weird. I grew up as a huge Ditka fan. Like I'm from Chicago and Ditka was the man. That whole thing with you and Ditka was just weird. I think it was weird. Uh, I don't, 
I don't understand, you know, why he felt they needed to trade um, the whole draft for me, but <laughs> <laughs> but he did, and, and you know, and that already that started off the weirdness, you know. It's like when someone gives so much, it's not really a, an an equal relationship. What, um, what what was the relationship? I I loved him as a coach. I mean, as far as X's and O's football stuff, you know, next to Nick Saban, by far my favorite coach. Um, you know, to critique it, you know, 30 years later, 25 years later, I think it was at the end of an era where if you had a coaching staff that was just tough and you had the right players, you could get through. Um, I think it was the beginning of the age of where you really had to scheme people, you know, on offense and, I just think at least our offensive coaching staff wasn't up to the task on defense. We were really good, but I, I think Dicka hired his friends, coach hired his friends to coach and not necessarily the best coaches. Yeah. That was interesting to me again, when I was in Chicago, I mean, 85 bears were the team, right? I mean, Ditka had all the tough guys. He did not have a friend and buddy Ryan, they hated each other. And I had a couple of friends that said the same thing that you said offensively kind of a mess because, well, they didn't have the best guys coaching, but to get traded for a whole draft, an entire draft for you, when you walked in there, was anybody resentful? Was anybody, I mean, how were the other players? I felt like every, all of them were resentful. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, it, it wasn't like in the movies where someone took me under their wing, you know, everyone was, I was kind of at a, distance you know because at least that first year i was making you know more money than pretty much everyone on the team and i hadn't done anything in the nfl so i can understand and it wasn't like they had a winning tradition they didn't win their first playoff game until my second year uh with the with the saints so it was a i mean that was the main reason i didn't want to go there you know and i think it's cool that they traded the whole draft but i would have much rather been the first pick and gone to the browns um but it ended up it ended up being um, not with Ditka because you know he was fired after that first year and I missed six I mean, six games that first year, um, so injuries, injuries, uh, subpar offensive play calling, that was it. I think if I'd stayed healthy and we had you know better offensive coaching, I think we would have been pretty good. Man, you might be the first guy ever to say I wish I was the first pick and went to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just feel like my running style and the the style of the Browns fans, I think it would have been a good it would have been a good match. Yeah, I do too. Hey Ricky, thanks man. Go Longhorns. Uh hook them and all that good stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's the great Ricky Williams. The second time he's been on, there he is with the Heisman Trophy, man. 1998 Ricky Williams wins the Heisman Trophy and Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman Trophy and Ricky Williams and the Longhorns. Well, not Ricky and the Longhorns, but the Longhorns, they take on Washington, and we're going to be previewing that game up until the time when it happens as the bowl season has started. I want to get back to one thing. A lot of different condolences are pouring in for Eric Montrose, the center from North Carolina, who was beloved in the state of Indiana, even though Eric did not go to Indiana, one of the most intense recruiting battles ever. Damon Bailey was Eric Cheney, all these guys, and we thought that Eric would win us one, maybe two national championships, but Eric was his own man, and Eric Dean Smith, Roy Williams, 
They well, I guess it was Dean Smith. Roy may have been gone by then, but they won themselves a national championship. Eric beloved in North Carolina as well as a longtime radio host after having a really good career, not only at high school at Lawrence North High School by my house in Indiana, also at North Carolina, obviously, and of course in the NBA, and then after as a radio analyst. Just one of the really good people, really good families in Indiana. And my thoughts are always, always to the mom and dad and you know what, or the, the kids. I mean, it's just horrible. I lost my father uh, in 2014. I was 52 years old and it is horrible. 51 years old. And it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I miss him to this day. And when you're that age and you lose your dad, you kind of expect it, right? I mean, at some point you feel, but anyway, for young kids, and I know Eric has some and his mom and dad are still alive. It is just terrible. And I, my thoughts, prayers, and all of that go out to Eric. Cancer got him. I said with Coach Knight, dementia sucks. Cancer sucks. We all know it sucks. And we hope that at some point in all of our lives, um, we get to the point where we don't have to deal with it anymore. Hey, um, remind you, calling all OutKick fans starting January 3rd. The only place to catch OutKick's Original and unfiltered shows live will be on our website. You'll be able to catch us on or catch up on YouTube, but there's our website. You can go to outkick.com slash watch. All you can do is press the watch button. You'll see all the beautiful people, all of our live unfiltered content. All you got to do is go to the watch tab at outkick.com and you won't miss a beat in 2024. Outkick.com slash watch will be your one-stop shop for all things outkick. That's outkick slash watch.com. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we get hamstrung. We're too controversial. We got too much controversy going on for YouTube. YouTube's always trying to squelch us. You can't squelch us. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the Seahawks taking on. Whoo, taking on. Who the hell are they playing? Hell, I forget. Philadelphia. It's in Seattle. The 12th man will be jumping. I'm going to take the over 45. Now, I'm probably wrong. I wait. I may wait until I see who's starting at quarterback. If Geno Smith is starting at quarterback, there's really only been one announcement, and that's Nick Mullins is going to start for the Vikings. Josh Dobbs continues to be by the wayside. But the truth of the matter is um, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take over 45. I think some points are going to be scored in the game. I do think that it'll be loud, it'll be raucous, it'll be crazy, but really, should that affect Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles? I don't think so. You know, my MVP vote, very simple. Right now, I'm going with Dak, or excuse me, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Look, I think Purdy is great, and I'm shocked that Purdy is a guy that we're talking about. I'm stunned by this, but I got to tell you, I'm watching yesterday, and I don't know, I'm going to the YouTube chat to see what you all are feeling. But I, 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 I got to tell you, I'm sitting there watching, and this guy, this guy, Lamar Jackson, is unbelievable. Like, Lamar Jackson gets out of everything. He gets out of everything, and guess what? Then he throws a bullet on time and on target, and next thing you know, boom. Yeah, it might be backup versus backup in this game, which means I probably will not take the over. I'll probably just take the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think. I don't really know. But all I'm saying to you is this. All I'm saying to you is 
man, oh, man, if you watch Lamar Jackson last night, you tell me how Lamar Jackson, you tell me, how is Lamar Jackson not the MVP? You know, Sean Black says something interesting. McCaffrey might be more MVP worthy. Yeah. Than Purdy. He might be. Look, I'm not saying he's not. And by the way, can y'all punch the like button for us? We need more likes on today's show. We're getting a great crowd as always today, but I need some like buttons. Hey, you know, the news of the day yesterday, of course, was Illinois State comeback win over North Dakota State. That's right. Don't at me, people. Illinois State was down in the first half, down seven or eight at half, and they came back, went on a 15 to zip run. I'm not going to tell you the player's name that went on the run because Indiana fans, Purdue fans, they'll be trying to poach this kid, and I'm not letting you. I ain't letting you. Mm -mm. Hey, did you see this? Let me ask you a simple question. Who do you think should be the comeback player of the year? The comeback player of the year, doesn't Baker Mayfield have to be involved in that? I think Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's on pace for over 4,000 yards passing. Baker Mayfield yesterday gets it done. Like, we don't like guys once they are first-round pick, they're a little snotty, and blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is Baker Mayfield's having a day. And maybe, just maybe, he's going to get paid. Baker Mayfield, what right here, becomes the first visiting quarterback ever with a perfect passer rating of 158.3 at Lambeau Field. He threw for 381 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, completed 80% of his passes. How about that? He is on pace for, listen to this, 4,025 yards, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 94.7 rating, and a division title. This is a guy that has been so many times overlooked, cast aside, you name it, he has been it. Holy cow. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of all in on Baker Mayfield right now. You know, seven and seven, and you think they're going to win the division. Now, that's some easy division. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are still on, uh, Two Big Brains, all local indie stuff, starts on the Indie RR Outkick channel at 11 o'clock. Kent Sterling and I are going to have it for you. All right, a couple of other things from yesterday's action. The debate continues. You know the debate. We know the debate. We got to get Sylvie on here. My man Sylvie, he, he texted me last night, Nick and Nick. We got to get Sylvie from Chicago. I got to have him complaining about Eber loss. That's what they're starting to call him in Chi-Town. Eber loss, baby. Look, the Bears are the Bears. The Bears are building. Now, Montez Sweat's a nice piece. You got to stick with the quarterback. I know it wasn't great. I know he didn't throw for many yards. I know, I know, I know. But I got to tell you, I just got to tell you, you got to stay with Justin Fields. There's no reason not to. I know the reason not to is this. 19 of 40 for 166 yards. 19 of 40 is inexcusable. You got to be two-thirds in the modern NFL. One touchdown, two interceptions. But listen to this, the anemic running game, 27 carries, 88 yards. But here's the thing that would make me worried about paying quarterbacks. You ready? We talk about this, and I'm curious your thoughts. We talk about this being the era of the backup, and we're seeing it in Indianapolis, aren't we? In Indianapolis, we're seeing Minshew mania. And I don't think it's true Minshew mania, but it's Minshew-esque mania. Like the Colts are sitting there eight and six. And when you look at the standings, guess what? The Colts eight and six puts them in a tie with Jacksonville and Houston. You got a three-way tie. 
Backup quarterback yesterday for Houston, Case Keenum, got it done in Tennessee against the Titans. I'm just saying, backup quarterback's pretty damn good. Baker Mayfield is not a backup. Baker Mayfield is a starter, but they're sitting there 7-7 seven and seven and in first place. Chicago's 5-9 and nine and going nowhere. You know, my boy Sackman thought that Washington, and they should have, Washington should have covered the 7.5, but they got a field goal blocked. Who the hell gets a field goal blocked? Who gets a field goal blocked? And we were off the air by the time Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco got fired. But the fact of the matter is this, backup quarterbacks have been good. Do you know who has the best record in the AFC? Do you know who has the best record in all of the NFL? I'll give you a chance. You know who? Lamar Jackson, 11 and three, 11 and three. That's what Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is. You keep Lamar Jackson healthy. He's literally, I thought, unstoppable yesterday. He got in such a groove getting by over here, over there, through and around that there was nothing that Jacksonville could do. They put a spy. They seemed to keep their lanes. They had a nice front that Travion Walker, the former first round pick, looked like he was all right. They talked about how he's improving. But I'm telling you right now, when, when Lamar Jackson decided to run and fire strikes on the run after ducking everybody, he was under heat. I'm all in. He only threw for 171 yards, but I'll guarantee you this. Lamar Jackson's 171 yards were under all kind of duress. That could have been zero yards. It could have been mega sacks. He only got sacked three times. He was under pressure 162 times. And then the dude ran for 97 yards. Now, I don't know about you, but that's my MVP. I get it, man. Purdy is good. And because you vote or you think somebody is going to get your vote right now doesn't mean somebody else isn't very good. Brock Purdy is very good. They just dropped 49 points on the or 45 points on the road in an NFL game. He was 16 of 25. That's what I'm talking about. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions, but here's the advantage Purdy has that others don't. You ready? Zero sacks. Zero. None. You want another advantage? Christian McCaffrey. 18 carries, six and a half yards a carry, 115 yards. Now that's an advantage others do not. All right, woke dope me, baby. Woke dope. There they are. Look at them. Look at all three of those beautiful people. Raise your hand if you're tired of Biden's crap and want a new president. I'm just tired of every day. Biden's brother, Biden's daughter. She hadn't paid taxes. Then he gets up there and tells us how we're all supposed to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes anymore. I'm done. It's over. Dream is dead. Dream is over. I'm done. No more. Say goodnight, Charlie. Good night, Charlie. Man, oh, man. I'm with you on that one. My hand, both hands are up. I guess one hand over my heart and one hand up. Tired. Next. Look at this. <laughs> I was trying to explain to uh, my buddies this weekend here about Southwest Airlines and the plus size. I was trying, we were all trying to figure out, like, I guess it's if you qualify as obese. Now, I'm not going to lie. I fit just fine. 
between Southwest Airlines handles. I do. I fit just fine. But the truth of the matter is I am registered as obese. I am 240 some pounds. I've lost weight because I'm on this stuff from Affinity Whole Health, but I'm still registered as obese. So can I, I don't need two chairs. Just squeeze my fat ass into one. But hey, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And what do they do? Do they put a chair next to that carry-on thing? You know, you got to put your carry-on in that little compartment. And there you go. You sit there and you you see if you can take it on or if it's too big, you got to check it. Do they have a seat that fat folk can go sit on? Man, I hope they do. That's shaming. Oh, God dang. Next. Oh, man. Grand Theft Economy. Look at there. Look at our boy and a picture of his guy, Zing Zhao or Zhao or whatever the hell his name is, over his left shoulder, the man we cleaned up San Francisco for. Grand Theft Economy. I love the smirk on Jolt and Joe. I mean, now it comes out his daughter hasn't paid tax. I mean, does anybody pay taxes in his family while he stands up there and tells us all to pay taxes? I want to pay taxes. I'm done paying taxes. <sighs> taxes. Tax this. And one last, last thing. Do we have a stinger for that? One last, last thing. Look at that Grand Theft Auto. Do we have a stinger for, uh, oh yeah. All right, here's the deal. This is what I learned this past week. Andrew Dice Clay is not funny. I thought Andrew Dice Clay was funny. Uh, Just to blank off. My urban's my urban's wife, my wife, and others. We put a little Andrew Dice Clay on the TV while we had people over yesterday. And I gotta tell you, there are very few Andrew Dice Clays that are funny. So I'm gonna ask you, and maybe we'll talk about this at some point. Who is funny? Like who's the modern funny? Like Andrew Dice Clay was kind of funny with the rhymes, and then he got angry and he started making fun of people. Anyway, long story short, we put on Chris Rock, he was all right. But I'm not sure who's funny anymore. I want funny. I want filth. I want debauchery. Mike Mulvaney or Muldani, not funny. Give me somebody that's funny. Last, last point, Calusa Pines. For those of you that are golfers, do yourself a favor. And I don't know how you get on. I don't know how I got on. My brother hangs out with really rich people. So I'm here in Naples, and it's like, hey, we're playing Calusa Pines Saturday. It's the closest thing you'll ever play to to Augusta, and it is. Best golf course I've ever played. If you get a chance and somebody says, hey, we can get on Calusa, I don't care if you've got to rent a private jet to get down to Naples. Just say yes. Nod your head. Say yes, yes, yes. We are in. Period. I'm in. Last, last thing. Enjoy your family. Yeah, I know we all get caught up in everything, and sometimes the holidays are a hassle. But with Eric Montross's passing, it made me think of something. I want to enjoy my family. Yesterday, after Illinois State won, Lee, me, and Tegan, we happened to be grabbing a bite to eat at the place called The Fish. So we're at The Fish. We're having a drink, and we're having some sushi. Phone rings. It's Andrew. And I would not get off the phone with Andrew for anything. And Lee's like, you stay on the phone with that boy. He just won a game. He's excited, want to tell me all about it. Now, we had watched it, but we go over Enjoy your kids, man. Hug them. Enjoy your mom. Hug her. Dad. Aunt. Uncle. Cousin. Enjoy them all. Just have a great time with them. I'm pretty much going to say that after every at the end of every show. 
Eric Montrose is 53 years old, man. He doesn't get to enjoy his mom, his dad, his kids, his wife. No. Passed away because cancer's awful. You never know when it's your turn. Enjoy. Nick, Nick, thank you. Dylan, Ryan, awesome. Uh, Haley, Haley, Kaylee, Beth the Booker, Donka Shen. Of course, Aaron, great stuff. Gary, thank you. We'll see you guys tomorrow.